Hey, Chloe, is education important? You know what? It absolutely is. Let's get into that. culture, faith, and so much more. This is Fact of Life with Chloe Noller and Maddie Lee Watson on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome back to Fact of Life, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are so excited. We're starting a new series today on education, the purpose of education, Uh, what it is, what it's about, what it should be doing, and why it's not working well in today's climate and culture in America. I'm really excited about the next couple of episodes that we'll be diving into. Uh, If you've been here from the beginning, you will know that we did a little bit of this in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the podcast, but we're we're really desiring to go back into it to really dive deeper into you know, the foundations of education, mm-hmm. not just necessarily the progressives attacks on education, but um, even just the, the foundation, the historical basis for it, what uh, what true um, education is and what is good and what's not good. So we're going to dive into it. We're so excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Like Chloe said, we covered kind of that a little bit. I think it was episode like three and four, almost yeah. all, like oh, about a year ago now, yeah. which is really awesome. We're so excited to dive into it today and in the next about three weeks as well. So this series will be staying with us for a while and we're really excited to get into that. But today we are talking about specifically one, what is education and thus what is its purpose? Yeah. Here at Hillsdale, we're all, we're all about trying to find out the purpose of things, the root mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is education? But furthermore, why is, it, why is it important and what is the true purpose of it? Exactly. Because, you know, we really can't fully fulfill our education or, you know, accomplish what we need to with that if we don't understand what it is, where it comes from, mm-hmm. and how we can best utilize that. That's so right. one of our favorite things to do on here is to really dig into the history That's of right. things. That's right. It's been a while since we've yeah, done that, but I here know. we go. It's, it's great. We got to look back at some of our earlier podcasts planning this series, which has been really cool, kind of getting to see where that's come from. But today, let's really dig into the root of the word education. I think it's one of those words where like, oh, like that's just a like a typical word we all know now, but it actually has some really cool Latin roots in it. So the word education is unique because it kind of comes from like three different Latin words, which is interesting. I think a lot of times we get like one root word, but we get three Latin root words from this, which is really cool. The first is educare, which is like E-D-U-C-A-R-E, Third is, I don't know, is this pronounced the same as edu? It's it's the same thing, but the A is changed to an E. So edu... I'm not phenomenal with Latin edu-care. pronunciations, so I'm not sure. I don't know, guys. I'm learning French, not Latin. So go to your local... <laughs> I'm learning Greek, not please Latin. Please <laughs> go to your local Latin major to uh, see that one. And then the third one is educatum. Um, if you are a Latin major or... It's probably like educatum or something. This is true. I, <laughs> I apologize. I do realize we go to Hillsdale, but I unfortunately cannot speak Latin. Yeah, same. Okay, anyway, <laughs> um, for that first educare, it means to nourish, to bring up. Second one means to lead forth, to draw out. And that third one, the Latin educatum or catum, however you say it, um, is composed of two terms, actually, which is interesting. We got to get to dig even further into that one. 
E and duco. E implies that a movement is like from in to out. Um, and then duco means you're developing, you're progressing. So kind of all of those lead into education. So, you know, we're nourishing, leading forth, like drawing something out, developing, progressing. Um, I really like how it's like, we're like drawing something out, like something is moving from inside to outside, which I think is really interesting terminology there. When you combine all of these, there's that common undercurrent of something is coming from inside to outside. And I don't think that's a, a way we necessarily look at education a lot. Chloe, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what does that immediately kind of make you think of? So it immediately makes me think of a quote by C.S. Lewis, actually. Um, he talks about education a lot. Um, he has a lot of really good things to say on education. And specifically in The Abolition of Man, he addresses the progressive attacks on education. But there's a, there's a quote that he says, The task of the modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. I thought this is so interesting when you're saying that it's about nourishing or bringing up to lead forth or draw out. Mm -hmm. It's not about taking the chaos of the mind per se and like trying to shove it into a form. It's more of an irrigation of this kind of logic and reason and intelligence that God has given us as human beings. It's cultivating deserts as children. We have the capabilities to understand. It's funny because our president, Dr. Arn, talks all about this. You know, he's all about education, obviously. Um, <laughs> he is the president of college, I, as the pres- Yeah. Um, but he has two grandchildren, and he speaks about mm. them all the time. And he's fascinated by them because when they are children, they're, they're like, slowly learning things and um, learning how to speak. And, and it's like they have the capability inside them, but they are learning mm. how to use it. So um, when you're saying here that the root of education are these, like, these three Latin words meaning to... Um, you know, this movement out to bring up, to lead forth, to draw out. You're cultivating this this reason and this this logos, you know, that 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 um the Greeks talk about, just this reason and this light in you. Um and obviously as as Christians we believe that that's that, you know, inward reflection of being made in the image of God. Like mm-hmm. as human beings we have this idea, this this reason that we cultivate. But anyways, that quote by C.S. Lewis, um, I just think that's that's really gets at the heart of what the purpose of education mm-hmm. is to cultivate the minds and yeah. hearts of young you're people. You're not you're not going out and gathering, but no. instead you're growing. Mm-hmm. Um I I love that quote. I never heard it before. And now I think it's probably gonna be one of my favorites. Great. It sounds so cool. But it it reminds me of a Greek word that we learned um in one of my classes here at Hillsdale, Western Heritage. All students have to take it. We've talked about it on here before. Absolutely loved it. Love my professor. But um, Chloe, I'm sure you know this term as well, but it's eudaimonia, mm-hmm. which it's cool. I like the word talking about C.S. Lewis and flourishing because that's immediately what this reminded me of, um, which basically it's just it's a Greek word that literally translates into the state or condition of good spirit, which is like a com- like combination of like well-being, happiness and flourishing. A lot of people really focus on flourishing there with the ultimate goal, um, with like it being the ultimate goal of the human being mm-hmm. and a part of function which I think is so interesting when you take into account education because I think a lot of times people consider education we're sitting here in the school building Mm -hmm. we get there in kindergarten we leave whenever we leave whatever Mm -hmm. age that might be it's different for everyone um and then you're done you're done Mm -hmm. with your education but I think like you remove yourself from the building your education is over you're done yes you go home to play Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly but the thing is 
your education never stops, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. It's like I I read something someone defined it as once as education is quite literally anything that teaches you or changes your mind, your actions, or um, there was one other thing. It was like your mind, your actions, or your morals, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is everything we do comes back to that education. We're, mm-hmm. we're constantly learning, whether that's for the good or for the bad. Um, it reminds me of this Devo we did in Bible class at the summer camp I go to one time. And our Bible class teacher, she had a, a bucket um, of like clean water and a bucket of like the leftover milk water, like milk Nasty. cereal bucket <laughs> thing. She got a sponge and she like put it in there and the the milk and it got gross and then she leaked it into the other one and it like it went everywhere and it just tarnished that water mm-hmm. um and it, the concept then for us was like oh like whatever we're taking in we put back out mm-hmm. but here i think it also applies in education you know we're we're learning all the time whether mm-hmm. it's to benefit us or to harm us and when we're taking things in and we're not being careful of what we're letting educate us yeah we are then putting that back out um it's cool i think it applies to faith it applies to education in this instance which obviously are interconnected in a way but yeah yeah. you know it makes me really when you say that um it makes me really thankful for being homeschooled i was homeschooled through uh, from second grade all the way to eighth grade i went to Mm -hmm. a private christian school in ninth grade um and i was i'm so thankful for that and especially because of how my mom treated it now she is an elementary teacher so i was very spoiled in that respect she was a wonderful teacher um especially in those elementary years but I really think that that aspect of being educated in everything that you do really bled into um, what we did as, as a homeschool family. And I mean, seriously, like, sure, we had our school day and mom was very, very insistent that we do regular school. Like we have to get up at a certain time and we had to wear uniforms <laughs> for parts of it. And, um, you know, we had classes. And so like we would move from one subject to the next at different times. And so it's very much like a regimented like school aspect. But regardless of what we were doing, I mean, the the way we lived our lives, um, the Bible time, yes, we had Bible time, but Bible time was um, intermixed throughout everything we did. Mm-hmm. And so everything drew back to scripture and, and what we learned in the Bible. And I remember like, we used to have like nature journal time and Tanner and I loved my Tanner's my brother. Um, Tanner and I loved nature journal time because we got to go outside and sit there in the woods and just like write or draw or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, but even that, like it made science exciting. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, um, my sister's a fantastic cook and my mom would like for part of her history, um, enrichment would let her cook recipes from, you know, different oh, time periods that. and stuff. And so like it, no matter what we did, it wasn't just sitting down, reading a book. Um, but it was, it was about the things we did as a family. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the stuff we did for fun, everything kind of drew into these ideas, the things that we were learning, the craft projects, the history, that the food, the, um, the nature journaling, the science, like it all blended together to create you know, a love for learning, but also just like a realization that no matter what you do, you're constantly learning. And mm-hmm. yes, like you said, what you put in is very much what's going to come out, um, whether or not now, but even like later down the road. So yeah, it is about laying a good foundation. I think truly mm-hmm. this education is laying this good foundation, um, nourishing to bring up out and to lead forth from a good foundation of of ethics and yes, exactly. of morality based. I mean, as Christians, we believe based on 
um, the Bible. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think, you know, looking into this, it was really interesting researching what how different places defined education. Because mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of the same things a lot of places. There were also a few places that gave you a unique perspective. And one of those that I, I found was actually from the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I found this definition just really interesting. So I want to touch on it for a minute um, and kind of dig into it. But it's part of it says children, um, whether conceived and like mentions a few different places, are born without culture. Education is designed to guide them in learning a culture, molding their behavior in the ways of adulthood and directing them toward their eventual role in society. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Man, that? I, I thought it was a really interesting take on it. That really is. And it reminds me of the arguments I hear all the time. I, I did hear, I mean, especially as as a person going to a Christian school about worldview. And and what education does is it gives you a worldview. It gives you a framework a frame of mind at which to look through the world. So mm-hmm. that's why it's so important what you learn from um, very young on, and, and, and that informs what you do later on because it gives you this framework, this worldview from which to view things. So I think it's interesting, like giving you a culture, um, absolutely, like everything that you you learn through education is going to be a part of that worldview. So if you're not learning good things, if you're learning half things or not understanding how things connect to one another, it's not important to you and it's not going to be a part of that framework mm-hmm. from which to view the world. And so it's going to seem very pointless mm-hmm. to, to, to learn things like that. Yeah. And I think something that's interesting is, you know, like we were saying, a lot of people consider this just an in the classroom thing, mm-hmm. but it really does a lot of times come back. Well, every time come back to family and who raises you as well. Absolutely. Um, it, it reminds me of something I've seen in the news lately. Um, just quickly reminded me of this, but there's this popular, fa- this family that used to be like a popular YouTubing family. Um, and re- just recently it came out that like the mother got arrested for some different like forms of child abuse and stuff. No reason to really go into it. But the reason this brings me, it brings it up to me is because there were so much of their lives on the internet. You know, a lot of people have been going back and looking at the videos and there are a lot of like just behavioral things about the kids that people are like, Oh, like that doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. one, like just in the way they interact with each other and not being able to discern different types of like friendships and relationships in their life and things like that. And one thing that you've really seen on the internet is a lot of people saying, well, they've never been taught differently. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that started at home. Like that that comes from your parents teaching you that. So if you're, you are learning from the moment you come to life, like you are learning and the people you grow up with, whether that's your parents or your grandparents or whoever you are raised by, that is the initial education you get. Mm-hmm. And it's not sitting in the classroom. It's not learning 10 times 10 is 100, but it's just developing as a human being. And when you don't take that seriously as a caregiver or a provider, um, and you don't realize that your child's education starts the moment they come to existence or more, I guess, probably the moment they're born. I'm not sure how much learning you do in the womb, but mm-hmm. it really is you cultivate them in that wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary. And I think, you know, and we'll get into this a lot more when we talk about uh, the effects of bad education and also just like, what is good education? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it all kind of blends together, I think, too. But talking about that foundation and like what is education, part of what makes education important, I mean, I guess the thing that makes it important is that it provides this this foundation and this framework. Because um, if you are learning, if you're not learning, oh, this reminds me of another C.S. Lewis quote. Wow, mm. just love C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Has so many good things to say about education. But he, in The Abolition of Man, he really writes about um, what happens when children are not brought up with a framework. And he says, um, or like a, a moral framework, just from The Abolition of Man, it's sort of a ghastly simplicity when we remove the organ and demand the function. We make men without chests and expect them a virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. Um, and I mean, this definitely comes into play, especially he's talking about um, progressives and how they're saying that there's no, you know, firm truth or whatever. But when you don't raise a child on a good, solid framework or there isn't one um nearby that they can like learn from or there's no example um you know we expect children we want them to be raised up well to be good citizens to do good things to not you know be criminals or shoot up schools or things like that but when you don't have this foundation you don't have you know when you remove the very thing that allows it to thrive the organ from it and demand them to be good citizens, good people, it's it's not going to happen. They don't have that foundation. Like you said, they didn't know any better. They weren't brought up in that. No, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's just, education is just, I think. It's just so important. So important. <laughs> and it's so easily taken to be not important, um, which is why we really wanted to do this series for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's a quote by... Um, Tacitus. So Maddie Grace and I both took a class last semester called liberalized education um, Mm -hmm. or liberalized tradition. And it it was talking about like why the liberal arts and what education is. But um, and and we're definitely going to dive into in the next segment of this about, uh, you know, the liberal arts and what we're thinking about that as far as uh, elementary education and and anything like that. But um, there's some good stuff that we learned from that class. And one of the things that um, we read was a dialogue on oratory by Tacitus. And one of the things he brought up was, and I'm not going to read the whole quote because it's kind of long, but talking about how he's talking about the good old days. And he says, in the good old days, every man's son was brought up, you know, not in the chamber of some nurse, but in his mother's lap at her knee. And that mother could have no higher praise than that she managed the house and gave herself to her children. Um, And then he's talking about how like an elderly relative would be selected to help raise that child and, um, you know, this was very, this was done very carefully and well, and, and everything that the child did was meant to uh, promote them. And, and I'll read the rest of the quote here. He says, the object of this rigorous system was that the natural disposition of every child, while still sound at the core and untainted, not warped as yet by any vicious tendencies, might at once lay hold with heart and soul on virtuous accomplishments. And whether its bent was towards the army or the law or the pursuit of eloquence, might make that its sole aim and its all-absorbing interest. Now, Tacitus is a Roman. He was not a Christian. In fact, he supported the persecution of Christians in Rome. Um, So he's not talking about a religious foundation here, but rather moral and virtuous, which is a very, like, stoic, you know, Roman idea. But the idea here is that um, the the children are being brought up to revere the elders, to understand that the old things are valuable, that... um, 
they need to uh, respect their elders, that everything that they do matters. And it was um, saying that when children are young and still being moldable, um, to allow them to see the beauty of what can be um, virtuous and good and to lay a hold of that and then make their bent towards that so that they're yearning for something greater than what they're doing um, now and, you know, to the pursuit of excellence. And so I think there's a good good quote by Tacitus. But in the next segment, we're going to really jump into the liberal arts and what that means. We're going to talk about uh, elementary and versus college education as well and talk about the importance of, again, education and why it matters so much. We're really excited to get into that with you. Thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and we'll be with you right after the break. culture, faith, and so much more. This is Fact of Life with Chloe Noller and Mattingly Watson on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome back to the second segment of the Fact of Life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've just been talking about education, the purposes of it, what good education is, why it's important, and in this segment, we're going to dive into different types of education, talking about what's best for students and what's not helpful um, in our experience and in our research. And then we're also just going to talk about the liberal arts. But getting into it, I wanted to bring back that word that Maddie Grace brought up in the first segment, eudaimonia. This is such an interesting word because translated um, in a specific document that all Americans know and love, or at least should, it means happiness. So in the Declaration of Independence, when it says the pursuit of happiness, it's saying the pursuit of eudaimonia. That's the word. That's where they got that word. And so what the meaning of the American, you know, Declaration of Independence saying the pursuit of happiness, this is saying that Americans should be free to pursue human flourishing. What's Mm going to be best for humanity? What's going to be good for the flourishing of a country, of a nation, and of good citizens within that country? And Mm so one of the things that is so important for the United States and for people in the United States is this freedom and the freedom to pursue human flourishing. And one of the ways that we do that is by pursuing education and having the freedom to pursue our own type of education for each individual child. Maddie Grace and I have been talking a lot about education recently, just preparing for this podcast. And something that we've really settled on is the huge importance of the freedom of choice for parents to choose what their child should be educated in. Um, school choice. That's, that's a big issue mm-hmm. going around in a lot of states right now. And so I think it, it just goes straight back to the Constitution here when you're looking at the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit mm-hmm. of human flourishing. It's not just a you know, surface level personal yeah, happiness. Exactly. It's about human flourishing. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is that choice. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out before we really start diving into that that choice of your student, but going back to what Chloe has said about the pursuit of happiness um, and our country being founded on that, the declaration. One thing I find interesting is that Aristotle liked to kind of broaden this concept of eudaimonia and describe it as 
the highest good humans could strive towards or a life well lived. And so I think a lot of times when people think of like freedom or pursuing happiness, um, they're seeing freedom as, oh, I can make whatever choice I want yeah. to make, yep. and which I mean, is technically true or happiness is an, oh, like temporary satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But when you really look at the root of these concepts that were planted there, the founders aren't saying, oh, choose whatever makes you happy, choose whatever mm-hmm. makes you happiest in the moment. But it's, you have that freedom to live in purpose, mm-hmm. that freedom to live in how you were created to thrive. And that goes into, like Chloe is saying here, parents making the choice for their students, for their children, in what school and what system is going to be best for them to learn how to strive for this highest good and to learn how to live a life well lived as was created by our, mm-hmm. as, as our purpose is given to us by a creator, all of these things. There's so much of a higher concept to it than just mm-hmm what is going to give us like the most temporary satisfaction exactly and like that's not a new idea the declaration Mm -hmm. is not it's not uh novel in the sense that it's like oh my goodness there's this idea of the freedom to pursue the highest human good no like this is an old idea you know last last semester i read you know dante's inferno the, the divine comedy um and in in that book one of the one of the primary concepts especially in purgatorio in that second novel of or second installment of his, his trilogy, one of the main ideas in that book is that we as humans are most free when we are living in accordance with how God has designed us to be, which mm-hmm. is living inside his law. And so, you know, we are most free as human beings when we are living rightly in accordance with how God has has um, designed us. So, you know, as, as Americans, that's living with virtue and living, you know, walking in Christ's footsteps— and so, again, I mean, even because like bringing up Dante, it's so important for students to know these things, to read, you know, to read these old documents that talk mm-hmm. about these old ideas because they're not surprised when they see it in the Declaration of Independence. They have an understanding of these deep concepts rooted in history and see like they see how they've been woven throughout, um, woven throughout time. And they end up in documents that found our country and they see the benefit of them. And, and the importance of them. And so, again, this education aspect is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible to me that people can look at things like our founding or the purpose of education and come out with all of these different interpretations of it. Because when you really look at it, I mean, how if you look, if you look deep into these concepts, they really are rooted back to people like Aristotle, who was mm-hmm. literally born in 384 B.C., like, these ideas have been around for such a long time and have such specific in, intentionality to them that a lot of times the debate is really not necessary. But education is so incredibly important, as we've talked about today, because it's more than just teaching you facts, but mm-hmm. it's it's teaching you to understand and to think for yourself. And if you're learning things, but you don't understand why they came about or why you're learning them, then there's no use. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really do want to dive in today to just, there's so many different options that people look at for schooling mm-hmm. nowadays and so many different schools and even how different schools in those different categories of schooling take that. Um, and so it's just, it's definitely, that's one of the reasons why parents do need that choice because they know their student best. Mm-hmm. And 
a public school or private school and there's all these different types of schools in one area might offer different options than in another area. Like, you just never know what's going to be the best choice. Like, only the parents who know their children best can make that mm-hmm. decision. Right. My first two years of education were in public school. So I went to a sweet little elementary in, um, like, my hometown. It was kind of north, kind of in the country a little bit. I guess more the suburbs. But, um, and really, really wonderful teachers. It was great. All my older siblings had been and had been taken out by my parents for lots of different reasons. And I was, like, in first grade and towards the, I mean, like, the last day of school um, my uh, first grade, my mom picked me up and then we like went to go get something that she'd found on Craigslist. And it was like a, a brand new desk, like a nice wooden desk. And she's like, Chloe, I'm going to homeschool you. So this is your brand new desk. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was homeschooled for the next couple of years. My mom is an elementary teacher. So she did a fantastic job of like, of just instilling a love of learning in myself. I did it with my siblings until like my older two graduated. And then my brother and I did it forever. And then he went off to high school at a private Christian school. And so I had two years, I was two years behind him. And when I got to high school, we made the decision that I needed to go to high school because I needed the accountability and the push from my peers, you know, certain level of competition there was going to be good for me. So I went to a private Christian school and then I came here to a liberal arts institution and it's been great. But I mean, looking back on that, like that's a very, I think, I just, I loved it. It was, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was perfect for me. I think being homeschooled gave me that love of learning and of history that has kind of informed a lot of a lot of what I love now. And I'm so I will forever be thankful for my mom um, for homeschooling me because I think that was just the best thing ever. One of my best friends came from my kindergarten year at school. And so, you know, I'm glad I got to go to public school and then I'm really glad I was uh, homeschooled. And then I'm really glad I went to private Christian school because that was exactly what I needed for that. That was my education. What was your education like, Manny Grace? Well, mine was a lot more simpler than that. I started kindergarten at a wonderful private Christian school in my hometown um, that my older brother went to. So I was already really familiar with it and started there in kindergarten. And I stayed there all the way through my <laughs> senior year of high school. Um, it was the only school I ever went to, and I absolutely loved it. It was, It is a wonderful school. I made some wonderful lifelong friends from it, and I genuinely cannot imagine, like, my personality, I, I don't, I genuinely don't think I would have done well in a homeschooling environment, which I think is, or a public school environment either. And I genuinely think, I think that's a good, I, I like that Chloe and I come from the, these two different perspectives and backgrounds because it just shows how truly every child needs a different type of environment. Mm-hmm. Like for Chloe, being homeschooled was exactly what she needed. Like she excelled in that environment. And then whenever she needed to move to a different school, like to private school, like be around more people, she did. And that was perfect. For me, I just don't like my personality as a child would not have handled that well. So I think this is like, I love how we have that because we're able to speak from personal Mm -hmm. experience and still provide that like primary example. Right. And I, it's even interesting because my brother Tanner went off to a, you know, high school at the same school I did, but he, he and I went for very different reasons. Um, he and my mom did not work well together in like a teacher student environment. Like it was it was a it was a stress on the relationship because I mean and, and again that's just like you know some kids will work well at homeschooling and some won't 
based on their personalities. And so when it got to high school, mom was like, you know what? I think this would be best for you and for me and our relationship if you went off to high school. And that's, you know, that was great. That was a good thing for them. I went because I needed um, motivation and accountability. And so I'm really glad I did that. But again, that was for two very different reasons. So I think it's it's really important here because, and and I th- I think the caveat to this is, and I'm not I'm not at all saying all public schools are bad, but Ali Beth Stuckey, one of my favorite women who speaks a lot on education and Christianity and womanhood, one of the things that she is very very outspoken about is the importance of Christian schools or Christian education. Mm-hmm. She's not at all saying that it's like in any place ever you can't get a good education at a public school. But increasingly, because public schools are controlled by the government, um, your kids are being exposed to awful things, awful, awful things at at ages they don't need to know it. So, again, public schools are not like not every public school is bad. Mm -hmm. But I will say, like, if you want to educate your child um, really well, it's not a guarantee that the public school Mm -hmm. is not going to affect them. And that's very bad um you know and I know a lot of people say like well it's like good for them to know how to like be a light in a dark environment and stuff like that that's true but these children are being formed like their minds are being formed at school mm-hmm. and so when they're around people they can't who, be a, they can't be a light if they have no foundation exactly, to be exactly yeah exactly and you know if, if they're literally with students I mean I know a friend personally um from he he just graduated from high school to like one of the large public schools in my hometown he there was a student in his class that was pretending to be a cat and meowed like and he couldn't do anything about it like he couldn't laugh if you laughed like you would be either fined or like like sent out of the school I don't remember like the punishment there high school and and like there was nothing that they could do about that and so like again this is the type of environment that a public school puts your child in and that's not helpful for the development and growth i'm sorry but if you're like pretending to be a cat or your child is pretending to be a cat i like like i mean this so genuinely and lovingly but you need help like well of course that's all we talk about on this is like that's not okay and i like especially yeah like that's like so like scary too Mm -hmm. like for that person like who in their life is telling them you can be a cat I mean, bro, like in this day and age, like you can't tell them they can't be a cat. That is, like, and, and exa- I will like, tell them if you're listening to this podcast, you cannot be a cat. <laughs> you're a human I'm being so with sorry. dignity and worth and the Lord created you in his image and he loves you. And like, that is who you are no matter what. So again, like putting children in good environments is so vital because this foundation will be growing no matter where they are. They will be learning something and you better hope that that's a good thing. And you have control over that as a parent. And it's important to have control over that as a parent, which is why school choice is so important. And having the ability to make those decisions for yourself is so important. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I really genuinely don't understand why so many people are opposed to parents being able to have that school choice. I guess it's a... I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really... It doesn't make sense to me because, mm-hmm. first of all, like, the founders never even, in, I think, desired to have... A department of education like that's mm-hmm. not that isn't good and it's 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 disrupting it's destroying our ch- children's minds and hearts um but we also wanted to talk a little bit about 
there, like there's a lot of different types of schools out there. Like I went mm-hmm. to a private Christian school, so that was very biblically based, very mm-hmm. focused. I mean, mine was as well. Bible, yeah, Bible classes, um, chapels every week, and um, everything we did, you know, and every we had class chapel ever. every day, really, and a Bible wow. class. Every I am day. so glad we didn't have chapel every day because I was the worship leader, and I struggled even doing worship once a week for we like, rotated every single week. Oh, that's a good. That's that's really nice. Each grade, I like, took a ours different is week. much smaller than your school was, though. Wait, how many students did you have in your graduating class? 49. Oh, okay. That's not bad. It's like so, like, a 36. Each, basically, what would happen is um, every other week. So, like, week one, the senior class would be in charge of it. And a different person would, like, give the devotional every day. A different person would, like, lead singing every day, like, that kind of thing. And then the next week one of our faculty members would be in charge. And oh, then the next week it would go 11th grade, then faculty member, 10th grade, faculty member, 9th grade, faculty, 8th faculty, 7th faculty, 12th faculty. Like, oh, interesting. Over over again. Huh. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, again, like that that education was so biblically based. That was wonderful because every even in my math class, he would always direct it back to some story about like how it's, you know, it's good to learn these things because it's worthy of, being learned and it's good for stretching your mind and like like this is a good thing and Jesus would have done the same thing and you know all all this stuff but but yeah like I just that was a really wonderful experience and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to go to that school two of my you know my favorite teachers uh, Mr. and Mrs. Spooler love them so much my history and government teachers they were just so formative in my education and Mrs. Spooler was like my mentor she still is and just you know how do you live a life um, for Christ and what does that mean in our today's culture and she would constantly bring in co- like current events and talk about them from a Christian worldview and it was just so good it was so good for that that foundation no absolutely and I think um, what we just want to touch on for a little bit is there's this this rising in popularity form of education called classical education it's something that Hillsdale is a part of and I think it's really interesting because it is providing this new, very much so more classical approach on education. That's crazy. Crazy, it's called that. Yeah, well. But I've, and I, I, it's been so interesting because I never really interact with people who went to classical high schools, classical elementary schools growing up before I came to Hillsdale and started having friends. And, you know, it's an interesting thing at first because you start to meet people and some people, they went to classical schools and like, oh yes, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. And then other people are like, no, well, I was actually burnt out and never want to do this again. Um, and so it's an interesting look at, and I definitely want to dive into it, but I think this, as well as any form of education, whether it's public, private, anything like that, when done in the right way is one of, if not the best form of education out there. Yeah, um, definitely. I agree. Classical education is very interesting because like it's spreading throughout. There's so many charter schools that Hillsdale's mm-hmm. starting up. And I mean, all across the country, even that aren't affiliated with Hillsdale. Like there's one in mm-hmm. my hometown, um, like the Oaks Classical Academy. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because you, we've seen a lot of backlash from people about these new classical charter schools Hillsdale's starting. And they're like, why are they able to do that? Like this is technically like... Um, like a public school because like charter schools are like technically public schools in a way and like why are they able to do this like this is indoctrination but if you actually look at like what classical education is there's nothing about indoctrination about it like I think people get a really they think that 
we're just sitting here like at Hillsdale or at like a class school schools. Like we're just like sitting here like becoming indoctrination they dummies think we're being for indoctrinated. conservative politics. And you know what's interesting? And I'm like, we're just learning about Aristotle. It's not that deep. I mean, it is, but not not in You know what's interesting? Way. My family ran across someone this summer who had been to Hillsdale and she genuinely felt that Hillsdale had indoctrinated her. Like really? had brainwashed her. Yes. I am utterly befuddled at how you could think that. Because the last Can thing we that have Hill- her on the podcast. No, I know. The last thing that, that Hillsdale does is brainwash you. Like, of course, like it it presents you the facts and you have to decide what to do with them. Like mm-hmm. it presents you with like I do not agree with everything that my professor in my theology class says. But, but you're I'm not sitting expected there. to. No, exactly. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. And I like I just think that's why it's so good to have a liberal arts college where you're like genuinely being mm-hmm. learned you're learning things not just like learning what something is you're learning how to think about things yes and i think especially like we need to wrap at the really yeah what, 23 minutes mm-hmm. yeah i think especially like embarking on this higher education you know to going to hillsdale all of these things um obviously i chose hillsdale for a reason but i think this mode of education and schools that take on education like Hillsdale does that truly is the only way to approach higher education because you're not doing it for a degree you're doing it for a lifetime commitment a lifetime journey and Mm -hmm. I hope we can definitely get into more of education on in the future and I am so excited for these next coming episodes on this series but it's it's going to be interesting because there's definitely a lot of ways to look at and how to prepare yourself for higher education and how to prepare your child for higher education Um, but I'm excited Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's it's a foundational, you know, it's foundational to to society and to culture and and crafting citizens and and people who are going to grow up glorifying God. I just think that's so it's so important. So we're really excited to be talking about this um, and in the next couple episodes, we're hopefully going to get some guests on here to talk about education and the forms of it. We're so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we hope that you'll enjoy these upcoming We are Chloe Noller and Mattingly Watson, and And this this is Fact Fact of Life. The Fact of Life podcast can be found at at Fact of Life podcast on Instagram or at Fact of Life pod on Twitter. Reach out to the host at factoflifepodcast at gmail.com or send a message on Instagram or Twitter. Listen to the Fact of Life anywhere you get your podcasts, especially right here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on The Fact of Life.